Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. I'm David Evans, Senior Staff Writer at Dirtfish here in the Zagreb Fair for round three of the World Rally Championship in Croatia. Joining me is our esteemed deputy editor, Luke Barry, and what's his name again? I've never heard of him. Never he's got, he's got him. his head in his hands. I feel like we <laughs> shouldn't know who he is. And we're only on what day are we Thursday? He's got his head in so his hands already. <laughs> By Sunday, we'll have broken, we will have broken Red Bull TV megastar Michael Chen. Welcome, Jenny. That was beautiful. You call me Michael. Sorry, <laughs> Mike. Have I done something wrong? <laughs> Mike, let's just go with Chenny. So we are obviously without Colin Clark. Our voice of rally is in Australia this week, uh, covering a Targa event, uh, which is good, but it's not great. And we are in the place where it is great uh, for, as I say, round three of the World Rally Championship. Very, very exciting. We've had Shakedown, uh, and Luke is going to give us a bit of an update. Yeah, so Shakedown Times, Cowie, Robin Perra, our championship leader, was fastest, but only by a tenth of a second from Thierry Neuville. So it is close. Oi, Tanak in third, Lappy fourth, and Breen fifth. So it's always quite difficult with Shakedown, isn't it? Because you can't read too much into it, but it does give a bit of an idea of, of where they're at. And it should be, David, quite a difficult day tomorrow from what we're hearing. Well, it, absolutely. There's a lot of rain coming. It's pretty overcast here. It was, when the sun comes out, it's very warm. Jenny's got his hat on. I do have my hat on. Oh, well, you know, branding. But going back to what you were saying about Shakedown, it's, I was speaking to a lot of the drivers, and they were messing around. There was a, there was on, there was a test session. They were messing around with all sorts of setup because if the rain does come and it dries, for example, Gus Greensmith went out for his third and fourth run with a full, with the, with the exception of tyres, with a full wet setup on the car, so that he knows how it's going to feel if he goes out tomorrow afternoon and it dries. So yeah. there's a lot of testing, a lot of testing going on. That's today. a driver that is still seeking experience, isn't it? You know, in a car, in at, at the top end of well, a I championship. Think all, the, all the drivers are going to be like that because these new cars are different. They are, you know. They, so yeah. it, it's learning what the what how this car will behave under those conditions with you know less suspension travel, more weight, all that less kind of aero. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, it was it's, it's been a good learning experience for all the the drivers this morning. And much as they've done, they've all done a day of testing. All of the manufacturer, the P1 drivers, get a day to test in in Croatia before. But it's it's quite a unique tarmac round. This isn't it? It's not like a, what we've seen before in the championship of Germany or a Corsica or bits of Spain, you know, where you would take your data from. It's much more undulating, much lower grip here than, yeah, than anywhere else. It's like a mini Finland. And the, the key thing, and we were talking about this in, in one of the Dirtfish videos, the preview to, to, to this weekend, is, you know, the cars are heavier. And the natural way that the roads tend to flow in Croatia, they're undulating, there's a lot of off-camber stuff and, you're, you know, lots of blind crests. And when you've got a heavier car and the car's moving around underneath you, once you start to get that pendulum effect, once you start to get that movement with the heavier car, it continues. And that caught a lot of 
the, the guys out in pre-season testing. Mm. So you've got to make sure that you know when they get the car set up before a jump, that it doesn't land all crossed up and it's all set and sorted because these cars are way less forgiving than than the older generation WRC cars. And that will be interesting this weekend. That will be a real test, I think. It will. You know, but you're right, Luke. You know, the, the weather is going to be a huge curveball tomorrow. Really interesting to see who does what with tyres. Talking to, to Christian Lorio this afternoon uh, and to other people from Hyundai about because you know some of the teams have got this real diversity between somebody that's running at the front, such as Thierry Neville, who's second on the road, and then they've got Oliver and they've got Oit, who are bottom end of the top ten. The road will be dramatically different. Be completely different. Completely different. You're going out of the, the start because there's so much cutting here in Croatia. You know, we saw it last year. You know, the, the top three or four will go out and they'll make enormous cuts and pull all of the dirt that's on the inside of the corner straight out onto the road. And then the likes of, like you said, and uh, Elvin Evans and Oliver Solberg yeah. and all those guys who are coming later are going to find a completely different road. So does this then bring into play potentially the wet tyre for them? I think it quite possibly, certainly somewhere in that six-wheel package, it will potentially bring bring the wet out because if it is as muddy as we expect it to be then you know you probably would need if you're running in that mud on almost every corner you're going to want something that is actually going to give you some grip i think you might we'll certainly see the later runners if it's been wet opt in to run the you know we'll certainly if it, well if it's if it's starting to dry out you'll see those boys running on the softer tire for sure later yeah. the wet's like it's so soft isn't it you yeah. want that in that's like standing water yeah isn't and it? exactly and because of that soft compound it heats up in it and it overcooks very very quickly and then you've got because there's obviously the, the the tread pattern the blocks they just move around so much and you get instability in the car and then you can't rely on on the on the turning and the high speed and it just you talked a lot about it this morning, Jenny. It brings a lack of confidence. And when you haven't got that confidence, you're not committing to the corner in the same way. You're shipping seconds left, right and centre. Yeah. If you, like driving on the wet, going back to that, is once it starts to get the heat, the, the block rolls over and it, it turns into a blob of rubber at the end of each each block and you, you've got probably five or six hundred blocks on each tyre and it's like it feels like you're driving on jelly babies really? so yeah yeah it's, it's a it's a you, and you've got no confidence at all in the car it doesn't really act as a particularly good wet tyre at that point either but so bigger question much wider question broader question here is why would you drive on jelly babies when you could eat them that is true <laughs> that's true, true. and i do <laughs> regularly not as many as me quite clearly <laughs> so but luke tell us you're who who do we look at? Who are the who's the big gun that's going to come out and win this event? And who you know, there's a lot of drivers there that really need a result here. Yeah, I think it probably does really depend on how wet it is tomorrow. We know it's meant to rain, but we don't know how much. Um, so I think as we've already mentioned, the guys that are starting at the back of the field are the guys that are the ones that need the result because of the championship position. And these are the ones that are going to find it much harder to make any headway. And we know it on on tarmac rallies in particular starting at the head of the field where it isn't normally an advantage in the WRC will be bigs for the likes of Cali and Thierry so they've got another massive chance to actually extend and pull a lead on day one um, which is kind of as fans of the championship what we don't really want we, yeah. can't, we can't really afford another dominant performance from Rovan Perra but guys need a big performance Elvin Evans I think has mm. to be considered particularly given how well he went last year he was literally one corner away from a win Um 
obviously pass form, different car and everything like that, but he has to, he simply has to get a season back on track. Oi, Tanak, we were talking about it before, David, he looks very relaxed this weekend. Could yeah. that could that make a difference? We know he needs to, to be quick, but honestly, the way the WRC is now without the two Sebs, I think anybody can, can win, and that's what's fascinating for me. Is we, we can talk here about everybody else, but it could be that Greensmith, Craig Breen, anybody else we haven't mentioned could sneak in and get first place on Sunday. Yeah, that's true. There are some real, you know, there's some absolute tarmac geniuses out there. You look at a Thierry Neville that's grown up in Belgium and continually in changeable conditions on tarmac, but equally, Elvin, you know, is, for me, as competent as any driver in the championship on, on tarmac, better than a lot. So the, the big ones for me is, is Thierry on tarmac, Brini grew up on the stuff, uh, and Elvin, and it would be fantastic from a championship perspective to see Elvin or, or Craig win. Certainly, Tanak, you're dead right. They need, that whole team needs a lift because they, they got a second place in Sweden, but it still wasn't a massively inspired performance. And we were so soon in Sweden after the disaster that was Monty um, that I, I think they still have a, a real story to tell over what they've achieved in the last eight weeks. Uh, and they need, you can kind of feel it in, in the team. It's not the same team, the, the same feeling in that team as when they were world champions and when they were winning regularly and they were right at the top of the tree. You go back to the start of, say, 17, when Thierry was absolutely rocking that new car. It, that team, they could almost walk on water. It was incredible. And now they are right down at the other end. Uh, and they, they've got some work to do. It's going to be interesting to see what they can achieve. Solberg's never been here before that. It's You've driven the road, Jenny. It is difficult to come here for the first time. Like, we can sit here and try and, and try and discuss who's going to do what, where and how, but we've got to remember this is the first... Like, Monty is obviously such a specific event. Sweden is a very specific event, mm. you know. This is the first time when everyone's coming here is on a reasonably even keel and we will get a gauge of what car's doing what and who's, you know, and who's, who's kind of up the game. Um, and it'll give us the first... I think indicator for the rest of the season of who we can look at because we're starting to get into normal rallying now, you know, not yeah, specific yeah. stuff, and and that and that's going to be key. But yeah, I've driven the roads. It's tough. It takes no prisoners. That's the thing. You mm. look at Cali last year. You cannot make yeah. a mistake. If you do, you're going off the road. It's as simple as that. If you make a mistake, you're going off the road. You won't get away with it. So, it, it's about this rally is going to be about those who are there or thereabouts who are happy to sit at kind of 92, 93, 94 percent. And they'll, they'll, they'll be the ones who'll be there at the finish and in a good position. Those guys who are taking big risks, this is the sort of rally that they'll will bite them. Out. Yeah, it will yeah. bite them, yeah. yeah. It, it, does it make it easier, though? We've talked a lot about the fact that it's quite low grip. Is that easier? Because it seems to be reasonably consistently low grip. I mean, it does, doesn't it? It's not a sort of Monty scenario where you're going from one corner... On a well, the thing is, it could, be, it could be, couldn't it? Because yeah, I guess if, with, the, if, with the mud and with the and with, with the, cuts. the rain, if the rain yeah. comes and then it dries, um, you know where where it'll dry out, it'll be bone dry. But then under the trees, and there's lots of areas where it's really fast, but under the yeah. trees, they won't dry out. So that so you know the guys will come on, come along on having done a three or four k's of bone dry tarmac and then get on the wet stuff, and they'll lose all the tire temperature, and that saps all your confidence and everything yeah. else. So. It's it, it, it could become quite specific, you know. We have to we have to wait and see. But those are the little things about Croatia that are, are really unique and, yeah. and could catch people out. It, it 
Thierry, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that obviously Sebastian Ogier beat Elvin Evans here last year by six tenths of a second or whatever. But actually, Thierry was, I think he was only eight seconds or so behind. So, And he was carrying problems with the car. Yeah. On the final day. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, there were stalls at hairpins and all sorts of things as well. So I think he was leading for most of the first day, actually, thinking back. But yeah, well, Thierry's this kind of driver at the minute that he seems to be very good. He's like doing what the classic Ogier role was of just hoovering up points. So yeah. like at the minute, I think he's kind of saved Hyundai's face a little bit with where he is in the championship. He's, I don't know how far they are off M Sport in the manufacturers, but it's not as far as you'd think it would be given mm. what we've seen from the two cars so far. So he's, he's one of these drivers that you can just never count out. I yeah, think. he's it's, always it's, there, isn't he? He is always there. But yeah, as you're saying, I think this sort of rally did seem to suit him last year. Mm. Um, we haven't seen what how come to... We, we know how hard he tried in Monty. I think that was probably the toughest during sixth place of his career. Um, the team does seem like they've got a bit more confidence than last time. And I, I don't know if they've... It sounds like they've not managed to change much to the car, but it seems like they're just maybe more used to what they're dealing yeah. with. Um, so it's not the same sort of panic stations that perhaps it was in Monte Carlo. But as I say, it's, it'll be very interesting to see who can, as Jenny said, who can actually get the best of these strange jelly baby-like tyre conditions. Yeah. But as, in fairness, you know, there's not a lot they can change on the car. They've got mm. new homologations coming in in July, so they can work a little bit on the setup. But the, you, you can't bring a car night and day different to how it was in in Monte. I think potentially they Monte was a really curious one because ultimately there was quite a lot of grip in those roads, uh, particularly on those tyres. There wasn't a lot of snow and ice around at all, apart from the top of Sisteron. So there was good grip. Uh, and clearly, you know, the, the Hyundai just didn't really work in those high grip scenarios. Here, there's a lot less grip, so it, it could really play into their hands a little bit. And it, it's difficult for me. The drivers are coming into this event on the back foot. Um, another guy on the back foot, unfortunately for him, is, is Craig Breen, isn't it? You know, he he's struggled a little bit in uh, in Sweden. Brilliant, brilliant in, in, in Monty. But Sweden was was tricky, you know. It, always there's a snowbank waiting, and unfortunately he uh, he took up that invitation. He'll take he'll take his result from Monty, which is the closest that you can't. Sweden, Sweden, it's completely different to everyone else. Every yeah. every other rally, he'll look at his result in Monty and and look at the car that he had underneath him and go, that's what I've got this weekend, yeah. and that's a massive positive for him mentally, you know, knowing that the that the Puma is that the Puma's quick generally, yeah. but the Puma's quick on on tarmac. He's good on tarmac. And for me, this weekend is going to be the. It'll be about the driver who is who drive who drives smart. Not necessarily the quickest, but who drives smart because Brini can do that as well, yeah, can't it, he? It's just you've got to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. But like I said, with Croatia, with these roads, you cannot afford to make a mistake. You can't. You, you cannot push flat out for the entirety of this rally. Yeah. It will bite you. And you know, you could say actually Craig really struggled here last year and it was, you know, for, for Oitanek and for him, for me, it was the low point of their seasons. It was real. But having spoken to Craig about the sort of specifics of this event last year, he knows exactly what went wrong. You know, he was the it was his first tarmac WRC round, pure tarmac WRC round for three years. He was the first in the car at the pre event test. He'd never driven the car on, on tarmac. All of those things, you get it into your head, right, I know exactly why those seconds disappeared. I know exactly what those issues were. And like he said, he is in a 100% different position to where he was last year, to where he is now. He knows the car. He knows the surface. He, can, he drove well in, in Monty. We've seen Craig Breen 
evolve into a driver who can now deal with those tricky moments and those tricky kind of issues. I think he could he could have a strong event here. Yeah, there's no reason why he couldn't. But the, that's the the thing about it. And you know, Luke said it earlier. Hidden away in that deep Scottish accent that he was giving away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but he said he said that that was Scottish accent. Was by the way, there, you know, more Scottish than mine, to be honest. <laughs> but like, you said that anyone can can win this rally, and you can't. Uh, Portugal, you go there and you're going to go. So regardless of Ropers, you go Sebastian Ogier. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, you know he's going to do well here, regardless, mm. because of the way that this rally is and the way the roads are and the way it takes no prisoners. I really do believe we we could end up with with anyone kind of winning this one. You, yeah, you can't. It'll be the driver who doesn't make the mistake. Yeah. Which it's it's brilliant for us, absolutely brilliant. And the one guy that we haven't really spoken about who who also comes here with with no experience of. Either the car really on on tarmac or competing here last year was Esa Pekalapi, who brilliant debut for him in the team in in Sweden. Uh, he's a, he's a guy that can can work well on tarmac as well. You yeah, know, he, he, he's got plenty of karting experience. Yeah, you know, he likes tarmac, prefers the gravel, but likes tarmac. He's a solid all rounder, isn't he? And more more importantly than that, he's got he's got nothing to lose really. Yeah. He's not got the same pressure that he had before. He can just get in the car and drive and it. drive yeah. it. This yeah. whole game, this whole motorsport game is in your head. Mm. So much of it is in your head. And and for Esa Pekka, he's in a good mental space. He's not, oh, he got, he's not got to worry about anything like that. He's not got any pressure on his shoulders. Just get in it and drive it. That That is absolutely true because talking to him before the season, I said, how are you now? You know, you're coming into this programme where you've got some events, but then you're sitting out Monty, you're sitting out some other rallies. How does that work? And he was like, look, take me back 12 months. This is a dream scenario for me. This time, 12 months, I was out of work, got no job. So, and he's always been the sort of driver who has been able to prioritise stuff. Rallying is his passion. It's, it's everything, but it's not his ultimate life. You know, he has that that ability to to understand that there is a world outside. It's one of those things. If you want it too much, you start oh, yeah. thinking about wanting it too much rather than yeah. thinking about. Yari Matti is a prime example of it. He'd be the yeah. first to admit to you, "I wanted it too much." It's all yeah. I ever thought about. Yeah. Sebastian Loeb. Yeah. The best there's ever been in the world. He didn't want it so much. It, he just got in the car and, and drove and it. And had fun. Got in the and car enjoyed car. it. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And, and he, you went, if you want it too much, it ends up going against you. You start thinking about, like I said, you're thinking about wanting it yeah. rather than just concentrating on... But that was the point, wasn't it? You know, Yari Matti really, we love him for it, but he had that inability to go away and switch off. You know, he was always thinking, you know, a debrief with Yari Matti would, would take days, weeks even, because he would still be going over it in his mind and his preparations for events just began so much earlier than anybody's. And you do need downtime. Yeah, you, know, you put the, too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And, and it becomes an issue and that costs you time. Yeah. Sebastian Loeb, Sebastian Ogier were the masters of just turning up and going, she's about right. I mean, they worked, of course they worked for it. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to you can't take that away from them. But their their mental state played such an important part of their of their results, and yet I see Kalirov and Pera being the same. Totally, and that's borne out by when you talk to Malcolm about what did Loeb change on the car in Monty from when he got in at shakedown to when he got out at the finish. Nothing, yeah. nothing. The car was in the ballpark, very much in the ballpark, and he knew he could work with it. And yeah, no, it is. It's going to be a great one. So. This is it now, boys. We digressed a bit there, didn't we? We did a little bit. We did a little Got bit. Deep. So, we we deep, deep dived the psychology of motorsport. I'm quite interested in what goes on in your head. <laughs> Mate, that is, that is a rabbit hole. You do not want to go down, my friend. You'll never be the same person again. Let's save that one for, for a practice. 
an after nine uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but any, anything else to say? Great to be here in Croatia. Fabulous to be back. Uh, lovely. Real nice kind of countryside. Beautiful mountain stages. Great city. Just huge. We're expecting a lot, a lot of fans here. It's fair to say last year... It was a non-spectator event with thousands of non-spectators around. Yeah. <laughs> this year, we are going to see some some number of people. Uh, it all starts this evening, Thursday night, with the ceremonial start at half past six in the centre of town. Uh, and then 20 stages, 291 kilometres, so that is around 180-odd miles. Uh, and yeah, we uh, all we need now is some predictions. So, Luke, who's going to win? You see, we were asked to do this by our social team this week, and I, at that point, went for Elvin Evans. But knowing what I do now about the weather, I, I don't know, I just can't see past another Cali win. Yeah, that's... It, it's, a, it's a pretty strong argument. For it, it's a, So much of this event hinges on tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and what the weather brings. Jenny, come on. Mm, I, I genuinely think we, this could be one of the best rallies of the year. Because yep. of the because of the roads here, they are mega. And because you're here working a little bit with dirtfish, right, well, that's going to make it. Lovely. Uh, and because of the the like Luke said, the weather being thrown into the mix mm. as well, uh, cannot put a, I, I I I can't put a, a, a name on it honestly. And, and normally with a prediction, I'd go think it's going to be so and so. But here this weekend, because of the weather, because of the new cars, because of everything, else, all I say is Calais has got road position in his favour. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be dealing with the mud, this, so that's this, I'm going to contradict myself a bit, and we haven't mentioned it quite, we've, so we've still got a bit of time. <laughs> yeah. Haven't mentioned it too much, but he's got he's got a mental game to play as well. Because 14-point lead he's, he's got. got a it's lot not, to lose. Yeah, it's not huge, but it's something. Yeah. So I think How much do you gamble that? Yeah, and I think he has already said this week, to be fair, that he has to think about that now. He, he can't mm. just attack this like he would any other rally, because he has got something to protect. And we know what happened last year when he had a lead and it was gone yeah. and he never got it back. So, And in the back of his mind, that accident is still there, isn't it? And Yari Matty said it quite plainly that really Toyota's hopes for a win here rest on Elvin's shoulders. Yeah. Because EP's not been here uh, and Calais hasn't completed a, a, a full stage of competition. So I think you're right. And this is where you're dead right as well, Jenny, that Calais is rapidly becoming one of the great thinkers. When I first spoke to Harry his father Harry Robinpera years ago about Calais development and I think Calais was like 17, 18 at the time Harry said he's a 30 year old already totally the way that he thinks his maturity level and he is you know you talk to the guy and it's incredible to think he's, he's 21 years old it's bonkers do you know the thing that worries a driver because all these guys all of them from it doesn't, whoever's driving a WRC car out there are, are incredibly quick they're mm. world class all of them. Mm. What bothers them personally is seeing how other drivers bounce back from a situation. Yeah, yeah. The mental game. That's where Loeb had them all licked, didn't he? A hundred percent. Would Sebastian Auger have taken that massive cut he did in Monte Carlo if Sebastian Loeb wasn't there? Auger didn't need to do it. Mm. He didn't need to put all four wheels off. He didn't need to do it. Would he have done it if Loeb wasn't there? Don't know. Does Loeb get into his head? It's all a mental game. And I would just say that Calais is is a hundred percent able to bounce back from that stuff, as is all at Tanak. Yes, yeah, absolute strength from Tanak as well. Just a little bit of... I'm not sure if we've actually talked about this, but I got a little bit of intel about that uh, that drain, that cut that, that Ogier took in Monty. Somebody, I'm sure somebody within the team mentioned that the puncture had already come and he had to commit the car to that cut to keep it on the road because it was front right, was it? That a front, left, front, left, front, yeah. left, front left, front yeah. left. 
data showed that the puncture had already happened and he'd taken that cut to try and carry more speed. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. know that. I don't know. You heard it here first. <laughs> Dad, I might have got that. Maybe I dream, I've dreamt it. Sorry, if Pirelli. Very sorry if I got that <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Enormous apologies. Let's have a look at the data. I'm getting out. I'm yeah, probably get away from this right one. Now. I'm backing away from this one. <laughs> we should say something. We didn't explain that at the top of the podcast. We're all sat in the back of our Citroen. I don't even know what it is. It's a massive nine-seated van. I thought we were keeping yeah. that secret. <gasps> Oh, this is a, it's a recording exposed. studio. We've been exposed. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be me sacked. I'll be flying home tomorrow. That'll be that. Here we are. It, it is a Citroen something recording studio. And it's actually getting quite warm in here now. It's it quite is. humid. It's starting quite to muggy. get a bit fusty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's probably time to get out now. Uh, so for me, the winner will be... I'm going to go with... I think we get a Hyundai win. There's, having said all of that negativity at the beginning of the podcast... <laughs> Actually, I'll stick with Jenny. I don't know. I've no idea. I've, I've got nothing to give on this one. Uh, so, but whatever we, the one thing that we do know one hundred percent is, it's going to be a great rally. Some interesting weather coming. Some real choices to make on tyres. So, whatever you do, people, stay tuned to Dirtfish.com uh, for all of the news, and we will look forward to seeing you later. And of course, next week we will have our fabulous host Lisa back. Uh, looking forward to seeing you again next week, Lisa. And uh, we'll have Colin back from Oz as well soon. So thank you very much for listening and catch you next time.